You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, launched on the 21st of July, 2019. There has to be something. What do you want me to do? Go around to everyone and say, hey, how's it going? Love your house, nice weather we're having. Oh, and by the way, are you an alien sleeper from cell 114, planning on taking over the Earth? Sorry to be a pain, it's just we're not really Ken and Effin from Newport. We're actually Jack and Yanto from Torchwood, undercover wearing perception filters. We tracked a signal to the estate satellite dish and we're trying to figure out which one of you is the sleeper. Coming up in this podcast, we chat about the artwork of 20 years of Doctor Who at Big Finish Productions. We then open up the folder on a bumper edition of Oof, listeners' emails. Bumpy, bumpy. And if you want to email in, of course, you can send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. We bring you a bumper final edition of our best Big Finish podcast interviews, featuring a lovely double bill of Sophie Aldred and John Levine. Rock and a roll. <laughs> we then join Sixth Doctor companion Lisa Greenwood for this month's final Flips World. And once again, we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood Serenity. Wow. Nick and Benji. He's Nick. I'm Benji. Big finish, big finish, big finish. So good, they didn't name it three times. Uh, but I just fancy saying it three times. I like saying things three times. I like saying three things time. three times. <laughs> I like saying things three times. Hey, hey. Uh, oh, the window cleaner's out there. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a big... Sounds like he's the window breaker. Yes, yeah, so, a bit like Smashing. a sort of woodpecker. <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> As we all know, well, if you don't know, you're going to know now, Doctor Who has been with us in audio drama form for 20 years now. So, of course, we're celebrating. And today, let's talk about the unsung heroes of our audio medium again. Uh, The visual people. Visual. The people who design our covers. What do you think about the covers? What was your first... Well, you you mentioned before when you saw the genocide machine, it was the picture on the front that actually made you buy it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's what entices you in, isn't it? Really, you know, uh, we look at things like uh, you know records, uh, and I remember something my uncle uh, once said to me. He said that when you buy a record from the record shop, it was all about uh, what that that cover represents, and that you put it under your arm, and that's you, and that's that's really what that's what you're about. And so with totally. the, with covers in in you know big finish, I think they're they're really important because they are what's never mind you know what's in it. They're the first contact really for a lot of people is they see it and they think that looks good. And we're very fortunate, aren't we, that um, not to blow our own trumpets, but uh, <laughs> but we do have some absolutely incredible artwork out there. It always looks we do. stunning. Some great people, yeah. Um, we we interviewed I interviewed uh, Tom Webster, who's one of our well I say more recent additions. Uh, he'll be listening to this and thinking I've been doing it for years, and of course he has been. Um, uh, he yeah I don't think I've interviewed any other artists. I really should. Um, something that I introduced when I became executive producer was to get a sort of main designer whose whose task was to um, be responsible for the sort of overall look of big finish um 
also do some covers and you know design adverts and things so i think i'm right in thinking that so far since i've been exec producer uh alex mallinson was the first one to do this uh who well, we're still great friends and he just he just dug out a, a brilliant animation he's he's an animator by trade um a, a brilliant animation he did for dalek empire 3 which we really must put out there mm. at some point. Um, and then I think Anthony Lamb took over from him. And then we sort of broke Anthony. <laughs> just does too much work. But Anthony still does fantastic covers for us. He's done lots of covers for the Fourth Doctor Adventures. And then Mark Plasto, um, he'd written in to us and, and said, look, uh, I really love Big Finish, but I think that, you know, you need a better look for things. Wow, at least he's <laughs> uh, honest. And, yeah, and he, and he did a sort of dummy design of sort of everything on our website and everything and said, this is what you should be doing, I think, and, and Vortex and all that. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those emails that came in and I thought, oh, well, you know, we've got a designer doing all the stuff, so forget about it. And then uh, Anthony Lamb said, you know, guys, I just have to stop. And I said to Paul Sprague, um, the late, great Paul Sprague, I said, Paul, there was that guy, wasn't there? And he went, yeah, that guy wrote in. Yeah, I said, can you find the email? I went, I'm going to have a look. <laughs> so he searched back through his emails and, and luckily he found it. And I think Paul got in touch with Mark. We got Mark on board and Mark's been with us ever since. I think he's the longest serving uh, Big Finish uh, designer uh, cover and and um, website and everything designer you know he's responsible for all that that big finish we love stories logo and everything he created all that stuff um it's it's really lovely uh, of course i think it was clayton hickman wasn't it who started off at the beginning the doctor who magazine editor yeah i, th I mean did i do the first one i don't know i can imagine that that's that's what he would have done. I know that he, he handled a lot of the, um, if not all of the, no, not all of them, but a lot of the Doctor Who DVD covers as well. So I imagine yeah. it's the type of thing that he would have got involved, yeah. Yeah, let's have a look. Wow. Cover artist for the first one was James Arnott. Mm. Hello, James. I don't even know who you are. Never. I always thought that was Clay. Well, who did the second one? James Arnott again. Is that a pseudonym for someone? Maybe. I mean, James Arnott. Ah, uh, Clay. Um, I think did the he Perry Godbold. He started with all the Paul McGann things. Maybe. Is that what he did? That's when maybe. They took, what about what about the Fearmonger? That looks like a Clayton. Yes, the Fearmonger. That's where he started. The Fishmonger. Yeah. The fishmonger, as uh, a fan once said to me, "When's the fishmonger coming out?" Said with no irony. <laughs> I think you'll find it's called fearmonger. What? Yeah, he did the Marion conspiracy, and I bet he did the genocide machine. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he knows his stuff. I'm just gonna this this section of the podcast is me just going, listing going, uh, Yeah, uh, Jonathan Baines. So he just did them all for some period of time, didn't he? Uh, Winter for the adept. Did he do Winter for the Adept? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's quite um, a responsibility. I did love the Apocalypse Element. Yes, cover. Did he do that one as well? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be me. Now, I, this one, 
I, I didn't like the cover of Shadow of the Scourge. Clayton did do that one, but that doesn't look like Clayton to me. I think he was having an off day. Still, oh, it's great. I mean, it's all great. There's so many great ones, aren't there? I mean, like I loved the Mutant Phase. I thought that was a fun cover. Yes, um, that was originally going to have the Dalek Emperor on, but I think I may have told you that already. They may have changed it up and said, nope, not today. Yeah, there's, well, I there's think the, it was the, the Fishmonger. The, the Hancocks, uh, the, the Terry Nation estate, didn't they? Yeah, so he definitely did all the Paul McGann ones, didn't he? He's had a good old run of just doing all the covers. I loved them. Um, oh, one I used to love is uh, Time of the Daleks. That cover's great. Oh, yeah. Like the mirror thing. The just clever thing with Lou Garou that there's a, there's a hidden wolf, isn't there? Yep, yep, yep. It took me ages to be able to see that. The hidden wolf. The hidden wolf, brother. Can we just yes, and, it's, and I, I've often said... You know, that when push comes to shove, I can do every job at Big Finish. You know what I mean? I can act, direct, write, sound design, do the music, um, produce. I can't design a cover. <laughs> can't do that. So when times get really hard, it'll just be me and maybe si Simon Holub or Tom Newson. <laughs> uh yeah, and I think Tom Saunders has done some covers for us as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done uh, the short trip stuff, I believe. I'm responsible for that, the latest ones for that. I do like the cover of the Eye of the Scorpion. The thing um, is about the covers is they, they've, they, 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 when you look through them all, they, they very suddenly take a completely different turn and they just they, they go up a whole notch. It's quite amazing. They just suddenly go bam, and they're just. Clayton. Yeah, well, there's, Clayton's got a yeah. distinct style, and then suddenly they they all as well like like you know look at think look at um, Doctor Who signs and wonders for example look at the intricacy on there. That's like, Tom Webster, isn't that's it? What, that looks like a Webster one, but yeah, like the the level of detail is just stunning. Yeah. Yeah, so many talented people though. And Tom also did the prisoner ones as well. Clay also did the uh, the Dalek Empire ones too. Oh, they're and great. That, They've got such a good look, haven't they? Well, that first uh, series of Dalek Empire, that was a real departure for Big Finish as well. And who's the artist who did some of the Benny ones, that very stylized cartoon art? Oh, yeah. Adrian Salmon, is that his name? I believe so. Um, I'll double check for you. Yeah. Because he also did the, the brilliant cyber... Well, yeah, he did cyber... Yeah, yeah, it is Adrian Salmon, isn't it? Yeah. Bernie Summerfield, Summer of Love. I'm just looking up randomly. Yeah, Aegean Salmon. Yeah, there we go. It's a bit of snogging on the cover. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. And the little uh, spheroid um, robot computer thing giving a funny look. Oh, he seems to be saying. Oh, <laughs> Though. But yes, I mean, I think what we're establishing here is that even though we're dealing with an audio medium, the look of things is massively important, isn't it? And has um, proved uh, very influential, I think, possibly more than people realise at the time of of browsing and purchasing. Well, it is. Uh, and the thing is, as well, it's, um, you know, sometimes, I, I mean, I not me personally, but I know of people that they will look at the covers and sit there and just look at them whilst whilst they're listening to get familiarise themselves with what's going on and what looks like what. 
Mm. So it is, you know, I think it is undoubtedly one of the most important elements of um, of what we do, um, because without it, it would be there would uh, there would not be that draw. I, I really believe that it would be. There's no nothing to draw people in in the same way. There's no physicality to what we're doing, and what what these fantastically talented people do is conjure up that uh, physicality. They do, and and there's a particular style for Big Finish, isn't there? Because there's much more of a movement in book covers and things now to be more... Um, to be a less photorealistic style, which I think is, is good, but somehow it doesn't seem... It would take a lot for me to sort of change our approach to Big Finish covers and make them all sort of cartoony or something like that. That, that sounds derogatory. I mean, you can do great things like that. But... For example, the comic strip adaptations, I did sort of consider that maybe we should have cartoon strip artwork by yeah. someone. But then I thought, that's not really the big finished style. We did do it for Judge Dredd. Um, we had bits of artwork done by people who had done Judge Dredd comic strip stuff. And of course, interestingly, in the early days of Big Finish, and for quite some time, Doctor Who magazine used to have a single page devoted to a big each Big Finish story, and they'd be a specially commissioned three or four panel comic strip. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I remember it, that. Yeah. yeah, there was a brilliant one for um, the fish the genocide machine. <laughs> no, not the fish. <laughs> it was a great big haddock. <laughs> uh, no, the um, the genocide machine. Do you remember that? I, I don't know. Um, it was a fantastic piece of artwork. Let's see if it's on. You can see if Google, you can find yeah. it online. The answer to your question is no. I would have been surprised if it had popped up. Oh, they've got yeah, this. I found some other. Oh, it might it might have been the one. It's by Lee Sullivan. Yeah, Lee um, did loads of it. He did a great one for Sword of Orion, which he, he gave me. I bought a, I think it was a print. Oh, no, I think I bought the originals of him. Yeah. This one's got, um, it's got, yeah, the Planet Supreme there. It's also got that amazing, uh, the comic uh, the comic strip TV21 Dalek um, Emperor. You know, the huge yeah. gold. I Ooh. love that. I, I, well, there's one of those, a fan has built a full-size one of those wow. and I would love to see that uh, but that was what was originally on the cover of Mutant Phase oh was it really that's why I was saying there was a Dalek Emperor mm. on there but the uh, the Dalek estate people didn't recognise it as a Dalek and said that's not what a Dalek looks like and I think Gary tried to explain but time was short we thought oh I'll well, just change it then. they did not understand could you copy that picture and send text it to me yeah so I can admire it almost simultaneously yeah it can be two ticks of a whistle's flow just looking at the picture of my son I sent you away on his uh, farm trip at the moment there we go oh yeah that's the one that's the sound of me backing the photo up into your garden <laughs> photo art reversing photo art reversing reversing interestingly enough that floating Dalek up there yeah. looks quite similar to the new series designs a little bit, doesn't it? In its chunkiness yeah. and its colour scheme. Yes, it does, doesn't and it? The, the fender on the bottom. Fascinating. Yes, it was meant to be some sort of special weapons Dalek or something. Yeah. And that's Ace there. Oh, well, there you go. 
Well, the artists. Hip hip hooray for them. They're fantastic. Absolutely. We'd they, be lost they, without them. Well, they, yeah, they implant... Uh, because they draw maps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's cartographers. Carry on. And, yes, yes. All right, all right. Yeah. We, we, I think, as you say, I think people get impressions of the, the visual, you know, from it, which they take into listening to the audio. Hmm. Good. Thank you. We love them. Well, it have is... Have you met... Oh, by the way, I was going to say, how many of the artists have you met? I think I've only met two people. I think I've met... I've met Tom Webster and Tom Saunders. Just, I just like to meet artists with the name Tom, really. Yeah, yeah, that's the main yeah, qualification. So any of the others, you know, I don't, I don't, don't need to know them. They're, they're well, not... I'll only eat... I'll only eat artists. I'll only meet artists called Bertram, so unfortunately I haven't met oh, any of them. A, that's a, what about uh, Birch, Bertram Hickman? Oh yeah, Bertram Hickman. Yeah, or Bertram Mallinson, or, or or Bertram Lamb. I've got a funny feeling I've met them all. I haven't met James Arnott. No, well you didn't. Who's yeah? Th- is James Arnott a real artist, or was that Gary Gillett doing it under a pseudonym? Let's have a look. Isn't it funny that I'm not aware of that? Well, well it's not all, funny. All that says yeah. here is. Uh, James Arnott was an Australian electrical engineer and inventor who's known for patenting the world's first electric drill. So I don't think it was him. No. That'd be funny, though, wouldn't it? He later turned to designing big finish covers. Yeah, well, it says he he did, yeah. And, <laughs> and one year he became involved with a corruption scandal in 1926, and he asked for a £10,000 bribe. Nice man. <laughs> Not the same guy then. No, clearly. Or someone now drilling a hole somewhere. Well, he heard about the drill, you see. Hey, <laughs> if that had just been on cue when you mentioned the adventure of the drill <laughs> and it had suddenly started. Would have been his ghost. Anyway, enough of this tomfoolery. Um, yes. It is now time for listeners' emails. Bumper listeners' emails, no less. And as all of you who have listened before know, and um, if if you haven't, you'll know now, I love an email. Emails are one of my favourite things in the world. It's a chance for us to talk to you and for you to talk to us and vice versa, just very slowly. You know, instead of me saying, how are you? I might have to wait three weeks to get the reply, <laughs> but I will get the reply. And if you want to send them in, um, it's very simple. You just send the email to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast at bigfinish.com. So, first up, this one here from Callum Forster. Hi, Nick and Benji. Who would have thought that one could be known as the Fruit Pastel Doctor? Oh, blimey. Former owner of the Rotten Pastel Pub and then move on to contribute to some of the biggest productions in the Doctor Who brand. It's talking to you. It's talking to me, yeah. For those who don't know, before I was doing um, Big Finish stuff, I used to to play the, the Fruit Pastel Doctor, which is just me doing an impression of... Tom Baker and he, he owned his own pub and uh, used to drink an awful lot and <laughs> basically that's all he did he, he never knew what he was doing um, and I did that for a few years with a group called Five Who Fans so yeah good uh, good remembering there Callum 
Hats off to you, Benji Clifford, for your continuing work on sound and music, as well as Nicholas Briggs, especially for both of you giving up your free time for the Big Finish podcast, alongside the Benji and Nick show. Yeah, got that one in there. Well done. Which is very respectable, considering you're both very busy men. It's true. It's we true. enjoy it though, don't we? We have a good laugh. We do. We, we love That'd a good chin wag. Didn't enjoy it. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were in a van to Big Finish Day the other day, and it was. It might as well have just been a podcast because we just. That's what we we just talk about the same things. <laughs> I can't think of any other company or individuals who work within them on top of on the top of on the top of my head, who make the extra effort to create an approachable and friendly community through your balance of professionalism towards the listener and aloof banter you both have which really gives the podcast a life of its own aloof banter aloof of its aloof banter the roof's banter um these are less questions but more potential ideas that could be implemented for future releases Uh the infamous phrase just imagine can be applied to any of the ideas i have suggested if need be, Nick. And there's a little, ha, ha, little ha, alien there. Emoji. emoji. Number one, the inclusion of David Warner's Unbound Doctor into the Eighth Doctor range with Benny Summerfield, maybe. Hmm. Just imagine. Well, I wouldn't rule it out. Quite a fun would, thing. Would be quite know. fun, wouldn't it? We're not yeah. planning it at the moment. That's for sure. I'd love to do a Benny Summerfield story at some point. That'd be a fun one to do sound on. Hmm. Uh, number two, uh, an anthology box set depicting the varied existence of Jeffrey Beaver's master from the period before the two masters, by John Dorney, to the uh, to after the events within the companion chronicle Mastermind by Jonathan Morris, where I feel interesting narratives could be conceived to flesh out Jeffrey's said incarnation a bit more. Again, no plans, but. Um uh, yeah, it's a lovely idea. More, you know, That's more p- Jeffrey is always nice. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Bailden. <laughs> um, <laughs> number three, a monthly range team up uh, between Siobhan Redmond's Rani and Alex McQueen's Ra- Rasta? Master. Master. Uh, been a long time since Siobhan and Alex were in a release from Big Finish, and it would be nice to see the Rani and the Master paired up with these specific incarnations in mind especially as their big finish original creations alex is very busy and the rani uh we just spoke to siobhan the other day about getting her in to do something else the rani um there's there's an issue with rights for the rani it's it's, at the moment it seems to be difficult for us to get in touch with the estate but um that's something we'd love to do in the future so number four here, a team up between Rufus Hound and Graham Garden's incarnations of The Monk for possible monthly range release. Hmm, maybe even a box set. Yeah, I noticed the term team up is coming into use here. I mean, uh, I would just say this. I mean, I love pickled onions and I love ice cream, but I don't necessarily want the two of them to team up. <laughs> Well, well, no, these things would work, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, interesting. I, I can make okay. I can make that happen because I do have an ice cream maker downstairs. I could make you pickled onion ice cream. I bet you could. It'd be vile, but you can have it anyway. Wow, it's worth trying. Happy ruddy birthday. Um, <laughs> so the last one here, number five. Uh, a short trip upon the time the eight in the guise of Father Octavian spent before the events of Doom Coalition 3. I feel it'd be great to see Tim McMullen return to the role of the eight when he was trying to control the seven other personalities within his mind, which I felt was one of the highlights of the Doom Coalition saga, with the character of the eight eventually appearing in nine future um, appearing in future sagas within the eighth Doctor range, whilst in the mind of the nine 
and the Eleven. I love this idea that it's just a series about Father Octavian in a monastery. Just, it's, it's time for lunch. <laughs> Where's my chair? Oh, here I am, yes. It's not a silent order, is it? Well, if it is, he's breaking the rules by going on about his chair. Um, but anyway, loads of good ideas there. Thanks for sending those in, Callum. I'll just finish the email here. It says, uh, thank you again, not only both of you, but also everyone else within Big Finish Productions who produce the high-quality audiobooks and drama, as well as all the bits in between. But you must pitch yourself when you have a moment of free time Ow. on how far you've come, Benji, as well as you, Nick. Kindest Ow. regards, Callum Forster. Ouch! Sorry, I just... Yeah, I just did it myself. Oh. Here's one from my dear old friend, Fatima Issa. Hello, Bashy and Nikki. Hey. <laughs> this is a reference to our um, uh, top five countdowns of um, big Finnish releases. Which, which people which we... hated. <laughs> did they hate it? Well, the reception seems to be a lot of people saying, don't do this, do it in your own voices. Well, I, I think one person voted, wrote in and said that. I did, did everyone else say I don't that? I've well? looked on the comments anyway, but um, maybe people just... don't like the silly voices. Right. Well, you can but try to be entertaining. Ugh. Anyway, this is coming to you after Big Finish Day. And I know you've had a lovely time of it. I was following all the Facebook posts. Hope you've both recovered from the event. Well, I don't think we'll ever recover. <laughs> I've <gasps> actually put Callan aside temporarily and listened to the Paternosters. You see, because Fatina had an obsession with Callan and kept listening to it over and over again, much to my delight. I'm so, in capitals, happy that the box set is finally available. The theme tune alone is worthy of a listen, reminding me of the Jago and Lightfoot theme. The banter between the three characters is even more energetic than uh, the mod I remember from Doctor Who. Well done to everyone who helped produce these stories exclamation mark now for my conundrum mm. given the amount of big finish output including new collections like adam adamant lives i'm desperately trying to determine how i'm going to keep up financially with my big finish habit along with covering my other expenses what was it you uh, you said about when you bought some an inf an instrument package? Who needs food when you've got flugelhorns? So true. <laughs> That's what you said. So yeah. true. Said it this morning. I, I sent did. you a picture of a flugelhorn. <laughs> They're to... very good looking, aren't they? They are beautiful. Anyway, uh, so Fatina theorizes I could eat less, but then I'd be cranky. And no one wants to experience that. I could feed the furry overlords less. Mm -hmm. that, I think she means uh, pets. But that way leads to sharp claws in flesh. <laughs> I certainly don't want that, smiley emoji. I'll have to order what I can as the finances allow. Adulting is so hard. Mm. Big Finish audios help me stay sane in dealing with the mundanities of real life, smiley emoji. Thanks for all that you do. Lots of love from Chicago. Fatina. P.S. I'm hey. loving the top of the podcast. It reminds me of the American game show announcers from the 70s. That's what there we like go. to see. That's what we like to see. <laughs> well, we're not doing it again anyway. <laughs> it is over. Over. Here's one I'll here from it. Neil Ottenstein. After hearing about Paul Darrow's death, I moved Restoration Series 1 to the top of my queue. It is another great addition to the series with lots of twists. The whole cast was great. I'm glad we get more Paul Darrow in Series 2 and trust there'll be a fitting tribute down the line. I've no idea how you'll work out without him in Series 3 uh, or other series, but I have confidence that you will not disappoint. 
I'm now in the midst of behind the scenes material at the moment and I am very much enjoying all the sound design landscape interviews. It's quite fascinating, especially with the examples. Kudos to the whole team. Thanks for all the great wonders of Big Finish. Sincerely, Neil Ottenstein. Neil Ottenstein. That sounds like he's the inventor of something, doesn't he? He is. The the Ottenstein pencil sharpener. Trouser press, yeah. Trouser press come pencil sharpener. Yeah, it's a perfect way. You you can press your trousers whilst preparing for an exam and having your <laughs> pencil sharpened. Excellent. And finally, this one from writer Martin Day, who you might remember I mentioned in last week's Randomoid Selectatron choice, which was No Man's Land. I think it was last week or maybe it was before. I don't know. Anyway, hi, Nick. Taking an educated guess, oh yes, he guessed my email address. A friend just pointed me in the direction of the latest podcast, complete with No Man's Land, featuring as Randomoid Selectatron. Actually, I think your title is infinitely better than the one I came up with for the very reason you mentioned. Best wishes, Martin. That's very nice of Martin. Martin Day, Southwest Wessex Regional Chair, Writers Guild of Great Britain, and Associate Lecturer in Creative Writing, Bath Spa University. There you go. Impressive. He's a man of letters. Um, and uh, Martin and I continue to have a conversation about this, you know. He said, what I was probably remembering is that there were some last-minute rewrites done because Gary had rewritten the script and made it too long. He'd added in a load of hex scenes. And so we had to rewrite it to take those out and we lost a, we lost a subplot in the process. So, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, Martin was being very nice about it. And, you know, and, and I think that he has been... Um, he might have been writing some short trips or was it Companion Chronicles I don't know but anyway he was offering his services for more writing and and, uh, it would be churlish to turn him down wouldn't it? Anyway there you have it because of our Doctor Who 20th anniversary celebrations uh, we've been neglecting the emails a little bit not having one every podcast but there'll be another bumper collection in a few months time Hooray! Time now for the final Best of Big Finish podcast interview segment with a double bill. Yes, I just couldn't resist. Sophie Aldred. Sophie and I are similar ages, and I'm sure I'm older than her. Um, And, you know, uh, we've spent many happy hours together. And I don't know whether you remember that for this podcast interview, Sophie and I had a photograph of us taken in bed together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We were so fully dressed. We both actually had our shoes on as well. Not very hygienic. There you go. Uh, And John Levine. John Levine. What a a legend. What a... (laughs) what a character uh yes everyone who's met john levine has a john levine story but i've known john for many many years and he's always been delightfully generous to me and uh, i've always reciprocated i always laugh at his terrible jokes not so much because they're funny but because he's had the guts to tell them and that really makes me laugh you know when he came in and did unit with all the new unit people i'd love to tell you one of the big jokes he told but um, i can't repeat it here but my goodness i laughed I think I was the only person in the room laughing there. Uh, <laughs> he is an amazing force of nature and a real character. And, you know, he was blooming good as Benton. Great. And when he came back and did Benton for us recently, it was top draw. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, giving it his all, wasn't he? Really absolutely. went for it. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a real curiosity piece and eccentric from the world of Doctor Who. And, um, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, anyway, here they both are. So, Sophie, uh, have you got any observations to make about the pop shield by microphone that amuses everyone? Yes, it's it's completely unmentionable. <laughs> and uh, I think it's very um, uh, interesting attire for your microphone. Thank you. Yes. Uh, would you like to touch it? Um, not much. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and could you explain where we are? Yes. Uh, well, the, <laughs> this actually makes it sound a whole lot worse <laughs> because I am actually in Nick's bedroom. <gasps> in a hotel. In a hotel. That's even worse. We booked a room, didn't we? <laughs> um, Nick said would you like to come and do this Big Finish podcast? And I said, yes, of course I will. And then, uh, and then he told me it was going to be in his bedroom. <laughs> so I thought, wow, gosh, after all these years, Nick. Yeah. Um, anyway, so here we are. We are in Long Island, which is very exciting. And actually, I'm just going to draw the curtains. Oh, Did you hear that? Was that great, a good effect? That's a great bit of foley was, there. I'll just yeah. like, like... Oh, that is a is that nice? Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. So outside the window, we've got this quite fabulous view of um, of uh, America in the fall, because that's what they call it here, don't the they? Fall, the fall. Yeah. Is that because the leaves fall? Is that? Yes. We've got some token Americans here in the background. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, in my bedroom. In your bedroom. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, and it's absolutely beautiful because there's these kind of all these amazing different colours and it, yeah. it's. As far I, as the eye can yeah, see. Yeah, really, just trees, pretty the, much. Uh, the first hours here, because it, it's very bright sunshine, the first hours here, there was an enormous shadow of a cloud, presumably, got cast over a part of that area. Mm -hmm. And it really, I thought Independence Day was starting. I mean, the <laughs> movie where the huge flying saucer <laughs> arrives. That's what it looked like. Maybe something to do with the fact that I'd watched the sequel on the plane on the oh plane. yes undoubtedly it was in your mind so it's a doctor who convention it's a doctor oh yeah oh yeah, yeah we're yeah, not yeah, just yeah. randomly We've here not just come for a holiday oh you yeah yeah i should sort of just say that yes li who number four i yeah, think it is yeah, yeah fourth it says on year. my badge here Look, oh yeah li who they put the four <gasps> in the o there oh very yeah. clever nice design yeah. have nice you been design. to this one before i've never been to this one although i'm reliably informed i was here in 1995 but i can't remember I can remember being here with Tom Baker. Uh -huh. It wasn't L.I. Who, though. It was some other thing. And it was a... I think we did a pledge drive, and then there was a little convention. And, um, yeah, we had a... I, I seem to remember going on a train in Long Island, but that's about the only thing I can remember. So I must write that down. <laughs> it's very exciting, <laughs> isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's flatter than I thought it would be. It's very island. flat, isn't it? And I thought it was sort yeah. of small. I thought, like, it's an island. It's blooming massive, isn't it? It looks it's like a country to me, not an island. Yeah. I think it's probably Long several, yeah, yeah. several times larger than the Isle of Wight. Yeah, you could yeah. get... How many Isle of Wights could you fit into Long Island? That would be yes, a good answers on a, question. Yes, answers on an email to podcast at bigfinish.com. <laughs> um, now, uh, before... There are just two main questions asked. Oh, right, OK. But before I get to it, I, if I, there's any opportunity, I try and make it as much about me as possible. Yeah, well, um, of course. Uh, you well, always when, have, Nick. When, when did we meet? Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> When did I don't we know whether meet? that was delight or dread. It was, <laughs> it was delight. It was delight. Um, well, I do remember doing a Myth Makers with you. Yeah, was yeah. that the first time? 
do you think? We probably met at a convention. Were you at um, Were you at Imperial College at Panopticon? Yes. When I did my first convention. Yeah, and Sylvester was doing his first convention. Is that right? Was he there? I don't think he was there. It was Colin and Nicola. Oh. And uh, and they had this thing where they pretended to have a, 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 a kind of a raffle thing and you could win, the prize was winning a, um, a visit to the set of, of Doctor Who. Right. And I pretended, they said, look at the numbers on your tickets and they read out this completely fictitious number. <laughs> and I pretended I won and I ran down towards the stage with the hate of every single Doctor Who fan <laughs> yes. in the room just sort of beaming its way towards me. And then, uh, and I got up on the stage, and and uh, the compere said to me, um, "So, what's your name?" And I said, "Oh, my name's Sophie, Sophie Aldred." Of course, nobody batted an eyelid in those days. And uh, and he said, "And um, so, are you delighted that about your prize, winning a trip to the set of Doctor Who?" And I said, "Well, not really." And <laughs> I could feel like these waves of hatred coming towards me. And he said, "Well, um, oh, why, why is that?" And I said. Well, I've I've just spent the last four weeks there. Thank you very much. And he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, the next Doctor Who companion, I Sophie do Aldred." This, yeah. And everybody, all I remember is everybody surging forward because it was a complete surprise wow. to everybody. It was a brilliant thing to do, and uh, all these cameras going off and just like I, that was the beginning of it all. Had you not already been in the South London press? <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that, weren't we? Well, yes, there, I think there was a um, Doctor Who friendly journalist there who said, would I do this piece? And um, so I'm wearing kind of an old pair of cycling shorts and some boots or something and a funny old jacket. And, um, and the photographer turns up at my pretty much squat that I was living in, in <laughs> Tresillian Road in Broccoli, and uh, said... Um, said, I know, I've got a great idea. There's a phone box around the corner. Let's have a photo of you in the phone box. And I said, oh, yeah, that sounds great. You know, because in those days, I'd not had my photo taken in a phone box before. <laughs> so we went and took those photos. But then, of course, I've just realised that I was literally living a, probably about 200 yards from your flat yeah. in Broccoli. Yeah. So funny, isn't it? It's to think. Weird. And were you, was Gary living in the flat then as well? No, I, I, at that point, you see, I think I was probably Gary, I'm pretty certain I was Gary Russell's lodger. Ah, and that's yes. And uh, that's in... In Chelsea Road. Yeah, that's right, right because we, uh, non-Londoners, oh no, you are a Londoner, aren't you? But yes. I'd, but I had always called it Chelsea Road, and I realised the locals call it Chelsea Road. Do they? Yeah, Chelsea, like Oh, well, I'm posh, like, so yeah. I call it Chelsea Road. Chelsea Road, yes. Yeah, yeah, I tried telling a taxi driver to go to Chelsea Road, and he had no idea mm. what I meant. Well, it was so. south of the river, wasn't it, mate? So, I'm not going yeah, south no, of the river. No. south of the river. But no. then you lived uh, um, near Broccoli, yes, was the it? Other La- side Lady of, Wells? I no. other, yeah, yeah, I lived... Well, first of all, I lived in New Cross Gate, oh, um, right. after Tresillian Road, or, right. or um, Telegraph Hill, as the posh people call it. Um, and I lived yeah, there New for Cross a while. Gate, yeah. Yes, <laughs> New Cross Gate. And then uh, we moved to Ermine Road in, in Ladywell, which was just the other side of Hilly Fields to Chelsea Road. Chelsea Road. Chelsea Road. And so you, yeah. you were there and, for a oh, long time. Oh, that's another thing, because people, um, they call it Ermine Road, Ermine uh, Road. But I call it Ermine then, Road. Yeah. I, th- I think that is correct. Actually, yes, yes. Well, and because mm. you, because you lived so close to me, I, I just I've told several people this. I can't remember 
remember whether I've mentioned it to you. For the first few Big Finish recordings, you gave me a lift. <laughs> yes. You used to just pop by. It was great. Yeah. And Gary used but you to were pregnant as well. And was I remember I? One, there was one particular lift where you were so massively <laughs> pregnant. And I thought, why? This pregnant lady is going to the trouble of driving me to the studio when really I should be driving her. I think, I think that's the way it really should go. Uh, oh, well, that, then I was still fitting behind the steering wheel. Yeah, then. just about. Yeah. yeah, only just about, I seem to remember. That, that was weird? That was great fun, wasn't it? I remember you once came round to, I don't know what it was, to, to give me something that we prearranged or something like that. And my flat, I was, you know, living on my own and my flat was such a terrible mess. <laughs> And I wouldn't let you in, and I, and you didn't, and but you had a look on your face like, well, I just come in, and I was kind of, like, yeah, okay, so oh, that's like stand, why you didn't standing let me in. in. Your, I just thought the place is such a mess. I just oh, cannot let her in. I just was I so, I was so ashamed. Me. Yeah, oh, but now I, I have a, a wife to organise everything for me and tidy <laughs> everything up. Those were great though, those days, weren't they? Because when we started doing Big Finish. I think, didn't Sylvester and I do the first one, the, the Fear Monger? Was that the, That was the, one of the, the first, first ones, one, yeah. yeah. That was the and first And that one was Daniel did. Cohen's studios in Fulham, wasn't That's it, right. we used yeah. first? Yeah. yeah it's all a bit makeshift. Yeah, and Vince was in, my, my husband That's Vince right. was in that That's right, he played the DJ, one. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. And Jacqueline Pierce as well. She was, I wasn't really, she? I yeah. remember that really well, that one. And we used Daniel's studios for quite, for quite some time, didn't we? Hmm. And then we went to the moat in Brixton, as it was. There, were, there was something in between. There was a place was in uh, near Elephant and Castle, and I don't the think name I of it. You did go there did because um, um, Adam was a baby, oh. and when you went in to do takes, I held him. Yeah, <gasps> I remember him nibbling my now. finger. <laughs> He's, he's six foot, and I just FaceTimed him actually, and he went out to a party last night and. Uh, and they cut his hair, so he's had to have had to have a trip to the barbers this morning to have it all shaved off. And he was sitting in bed with a hat on, and he wouldn't dare, didn't dare oh, show me. Is he traumatized? Uh, I think he's. I think he enjoyed it, but I think he's worried. Thank goodness, hair grows back. Eh? Could be a lot worse, I think, at yes. sixteen. Because Vince was saying, have you got something to tell your mother? And I thought, oh, my God. Oh, what's happened? Oh, no. Has he been sick? Or, you know, has he been blah, blah? And I said, is it drinking? Is it drugs? Is it? And, he, and Adam said, I'm pregnant. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the family sense of humor. Yes, he has, undoubtedly. Mm. All right, then let's get to the two questions. Okay, oh yeah. <laughs> the first one is, what's tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the moment? Oh, that's a great way of putting it. I'm always, t my molecules are always tingled by Big Finish. Um, I very much enjoyed doing the uh, latest trilogy with Bonnie Langford. Oh, yeah. That was that was great, largely because we hadn't seen each other for a while, so we had a lot to, a lot to catch up on. And um, in fact, uh, we hardly drew breath, um, and it was quite a struggle for Ken to actually get us to record the blooming thing. This is Ken Bentley, yeah. the director. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that was great, and I, I just it took me back to the de early days of Doctor Who, and how actually Bonnie and I, although we are chalk and cheese in terms of our personalities in a way mm -hmm. you know she's come from this background of um, eyes and teeth and singing and dancing and kicking her leg extraordinarily high in the air and <laughs> yeah, things yeah. like that 
Um, and I've come from this, well, especially I was what not long out of university where I'd been a radical feminist, um, non-armpit shaving, I mean non-shaving armpit, <laughs> non -armpit. Non -arm I didn't have any <laughs> armpits when I was at university. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they weren't very fashionable no, armpits, no 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 <laughs> very overrated um so i'd come from that background and um but we just we got on so well it was really great and it was well, she's a really lovely do. person isn't she, she? is she's a great company very lovely yeah. person she's got a fantastic sense of humor and she's incredibly intelligent and bright and Lovely. Yeah. And is now becoming a sort of national treasure. Yes, <laughs> I am so delighted because for so many years she's had to put up with people thinking she's like the character she played when she was probably about 10, uh, Violet Elizabeth Bott in the Just William series, in which she was superb. And she played this precocious, annoying brat called Violet Elizabeth Bott perfectly. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the William books, always have been. So I... I I knew she was, and she had this kind of almost like a catchphrase, I'll scream and scream until I'm sick. That's right. And yeah. that's what Violet Elizabeth Bott, that's who she was. Yeah. But Bonnie was kind of tarred with that brush for yeah. years because people thought that's what she was like. Yeah, because she, she was because she was a little girl, and they yeah. thought, oh, well, that, yeah, yeah. She was playing a character. Yeah, she was doing anyway. some acting. So, at last, she's... Um, come into her own I think and yeah. people people love her which is absolutely right and proper so that's what tingled your molecules that about, tingled my molecules yeah, that's good. um and any that you've listened to recently do you listen yes to I do well okay. I realized actually a year or so ago that people would come up to me at conventions and say oh I loved you in something or other and I would like go oh my, I couldn't even remember that I'd done it because yeah. um of brain cells talking of were not tingling obviously um, so I thought well actually hang on a minute if I'm going to have a decent conversation at a convention and I, I kind of owe it to the fans to actually talk to them about what they're listening to sure, makes sense yeah. um, so I started listening to them and I kind of randomly picked them off the shelves and I listened to them on the way back from driving the boys to school sports staff dance lessons, all these things that as a parent you get caught up doing, being a chauffeur basically to <laughs> teenage kids. Um, you'll find out this, Nick, yeah, in later I'm life. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to mm. So that's what I am. I'm a chauffeur who listens to Big Finish now. And I love it. It's just fantastic to, uh, to, to listen. And what's great, I love uh, uh, about all of them, is that all the stories are so very different so very well written because you do commission very good writers they are brilliant aren't yeah, they? yeah really yeah. really and stunning. great sound design and music as oh, well. it's incredible and the post-production is extraordinary because of course without that good post-production all the best writing and all the the good acting in the world would be as naught um yeah i really do think so because the the sound designer just adds so much uh, of the whole atmosphere and the whole background and the whole the whole imagination the world of imagination for the listener so yeah i i'm i've always been a huge fan of listening performances anyway so i'm i listen to radio 4 pretty much non-stop when i'm not listening to big finish um yeah so the ones let's see the ones that i absolutely love are 
I very much enjoyed the whole Hex story arc. Yeah, um, Phil, Olivia. Mm, yeah. Brilliant actor. Um, I found out later that he was delighted to be working with Sylvester and me because when he was a little boy, he used to he watch, used to watch us, which is quite weird because, of course, he's playing he's playing somebody who kind of I have a relationship with, so that's that's quite odd. Um, and that is a bit odd, actually, at, at Big Finish, because of course I'm still playing Ace in as like 16 to probably about 25. Maybe sometimes she hits the heady heights of 30. I don't know. Probably not That's yet. That's the beauty of audio, though. Isn't I mean, it? because your voice. I know. It's, it's not, you know, it's. Mm. I can't tell the difference. Well, that's good. But it is funny walking in and there's all these young actors who are in there just out of their teens. And uh, and I say, hi, I'm Sophie, I'm playing Ace. And they kind of look at me slightly weirdly. <laughs> like they've read their script and they've seen this character who's clearly the same age as them. And then this middle-aged woman walks in. Um, so, but then, uh, but you see there's, there's a part of me, I'm afraid, who still thinks I am that age. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm stuck somewhere about around the age of 25. Mm -hmm. my, I remember my grandmother saying that to me as well, though. She was kind of bedridden at the age of 80, and she said, oh, I'm, I'm inside, I'm about ooh, 24 or 5, she said. And I think that's probably true. I haven't matured at all, really. <laughs> Very sad. What's tingling your molecules generally in entertainment at the moment oh you know let's tv see. film or yeah. book anything you know or just um, you know one thing maybe that's really mm. i don't watch much telly i watch what william watches my younger son who's 13 and he doesn't half watch a lot of um he watches those disney things where everybody goes whatever <laughs> that are sort of like friends and so on yeah. So, um, and then he also watches back-to-back -back episodes of The Simpsons, which is great. Yeah. Um, he also watches this wonderfully awful thing called Dance Moms. Have you seen Dance Moms? No. Living on the dance floor. Have you seen Dance Moms? Dance Moms. Oh my God, it's just awful, but in a wonderf wonderful way. These amazing kids who are brilliant dancers and their, and their mums who are constantly infighting and... Uh, uh, with the teacher as well uh, and oh it's it's a fabulous program uh, I started watching The Crown the other day oh, yeah, which you're I enjoying very that much with Matt Smith I am very much enjoying Matt Smith very Prince well Philip. cast yes and and when I've watched it I I just always um, I I have to talk like this so <laughs> I go around saying I'm going to bed now boys please will you turn the lights off and uh, Vincent <laughs> time for bed <laughs> so that's fun um, but actually I'm very much enjoying at the moment uh, re I love reading oh I absolutely love reading a good book and I've been reading a lot of biographies recently which mm. is uh, which yeah it's, it's, it's quite a nice thing to do so I anyone in particular well yes I read um, I read the I'm reading the autobiography of Elizabeth Jane Howard at the moment, who wrote these wonderful novels um, sort of around about the Second World War and afterwards. Very great novels, particularly uh, uh, the Cazalet Chronicle, um, which is about middle class, middle class England uh, just during the Second World War and after it. Um, I love all that. And um, and her story is fascinating because she had this 
childhood and then she had relationships with with lots of dodgy people um but but very eminent people like Malcolm Sargent declared his love for her and then she had a relationship with Cecil Day-Lewis and Laurie Lee and Robert Aikman and wow. all wow. these all these amazing people who treated her very badly and um but anyway it's it's very very interesting and then I'm also currently uh, sort of because I tend to pick up a book and start reading it and then I pick up another book and go oh this is great and mm. I read that too um, and the other one is a biography of Nelson <laughs> would oh, you believe oh wow yeah no um, I'd like to read yeah, that yeah very interesting I'm into my history yeah I, I, I've always been a huge fan of Horatio Lord Nelson because I half grew up very near the village where he was born and lived um, for some of his adult life as well um, and in, uh, it's called Burnham Thorpe was the village where he was born in North, North Norfolk and I learnt to sail in Burnham over Staith where he presumably learned to sail as well um, but he's a fascinating character because he's slightly obnoxious and precocious um, but obviously incredibly talented and then this amazing relationship he had with uh, Lady Emma Hamilton who was kind of a courtesan really but she was a fascinating figure as well there's a, apparently an exhibition about her at the Maritime Museum at the moment so I might go along and see that so yeah an eclectic mix of reading matter that's beautiful mm. um, you've got one more day of convention duties here as indeed have I I have so we probably Don't better go like and that. do it. No, no. <laughs> do you know what I'm thinking about? I think you can see my case over there. It's not, oh yes, it's not quite packed. It looks and pretty I, packed. And I'm I have packed. to tell you, listeners, yeah. that Nick has got an extremely posh case. <laughs> it's very, very nice. It's this sort of what would you green? What, yeah, but it's it's not just green. It's posh green. Is is that what you? Oh, is that the colour of chartreuse? I never knew that. Chartreuse. Chartreuse. Yeah. I thought Très chartreuse bien. was a kind of um, clarity colour. Oh. Yeah. Oh no, it's a really lovely kind of. It's not sage green. It's not. Oh, pea, pea. No, it's not quite pea. Anyway, it's green, and it's really nice. It's a hard case, yeah, yeah. and it was bought by your wife, wasn't That's it? That's right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she's got taste, obviously. Yeah, she mm. sorted it out, and yeah. I just—it's just that last bit of packing, working out. You see, because that. I, Have you bought? Hold stuff? on, I've just realised how boring I'm being. Thanks very much, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, lovely to see you. Oh, as it's lovely to talk to you. Yeah, good luck with your rest of your packing. No. <laughs> hello, John Levine. <laughs> well, hello, Nick Briggs. Oh well, uh, I, I always like to start these little chats by making a shameless attempt at making it all about me. And uh, how long have we known each other? Well, Nick, I was working it out just now. It's got to be about 35 years. Really? It must be. Was, you no, you were a young 20s. man, and I, the reason I remembered you is you had the eagerness and the energy to want to learn. And if you think back, before I was a man who spoke the truth and got into a bit of trouble for it, if you think about it, I remember you looking at me in particular, not with envy or awe, but you looked at me as a man who had traits that you wanted. My humour, my humanitarianism, in other words, my basic kindness to people I liked. And the very first time we met, I can't remember what you asked me, but it was something like, how do you think I should do this? Maybe it was an interview, you had a microphone, yeah, yeah, possibly, and you were holding yeah, it incorrectly yeah. because you were new at it. Yeah, and so all I, I, I remember... It was in my ear or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I said, take it out of your ear, Nick, otherwise it becomes a habit. And all I remember is I said to you, well, look, Nick, you're obviously keen to learn. 
and I, 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 whatever it is I said, and you did it, and you did it perfectly. And all I remember is, there's a man I like, and there's a man who's going to work the same way as I do. Love of the job, a passion, a lot of energy, and never gives up. And that's what we proved. Well, there are two things I'd like to say. So first, you touched my knee during that answer. <laughs> but only for five minutes, Nick. <laughs> And the second thing is, yeah, we had such a laugh, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. That was good thing. That interview in that tree <laughs> is still one of the funny. I mean, have you got a bit from my squirrel? And then at the end, when you just went... <laughs> I never forgot that. Remember, you threw a bit of bark. Yes. And, and, and Keith, he brought the music as the bark hit that. But it was hilarious. And that we got inside the tree. Yeah. That was wonderful, Nick. Great time. And then we used to do all that uh, for Keith Barnfather of Real Time Pictures. Yes. We used to do that filming around the country for industrial videos and yes, things. Yes, I remember those well. I, well I mean, it was I a s- race to get the best room in the hotel. Yes, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> always the cheapest hotel and always the worst rooms. But that, they, they were the days, Nick. They were the days. <gasps> they looked expensive to yes, me. Yes, they did. did this. <laughs> um, now, there are two main questions I ask in these podcast interviews. I thought Richard Franklin was trying to get in then. Okay. Sorry, I bolted the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay out, Richard. This is my moment. Um, and one, one is, uh, what's tingling your molecules about Big Finish at the moment? But you, you, won't, be li- you won't have listened to Big Finish. Will you? you haven't listened to any Big Finish. Oh, I've heard a few. Have you? Yeah. Yes, I heard a few. Um, you a couple heard of... the one you did, have you? Yes, I'm a, I have to be honest with you. The only reason I loved it so much is... Because I'd had a, a bit of an issue at the time, I didn't think I could do the voices, to be quite frank with you. But when I listened to the finished product, the one compliment, given that I had to go silent for a while, as you know, but the one compliment I wanted to phone you and your engineers up, the sound effects were so perfectly timed. I remember you said I that, was right? thrilled. Because remember, Nick, I've been doing AVs for 30 years. I know all about visuals and music. I spend 100 hours music research, like I've done on this project now. I'm on my 89th hour of finding 26 music tracks. And what I do is, because I have all the library music, when I was an, an, an independent producer, all the major library music, like Bruton and all the major things, they send me all their pro copyright stuff. So I have over a 1,000 LPs and God knows how many DVDs. And I won't rest until the music is on the bar, on the word, and on the cue. So I've always loved that. And that's why you and I work so well together. Mm. You had an imagination. You were daring. And you were talented. I mean, we didn't think Not about so it. Not much of the work. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you were talented. And it was bursting out of you. And that's what made me, that's what made me but, like you. But, oh, well, bless you. It was, uh, it was like a form of hypnotism. Yes. <laughs> but you were saying that, uh, so you liked all the post-production on yeah. Yes, I couldn't believe you made me. I felt like a star in that, um, um, I've forgotten the name of it now, uh, Council of War. And I couldn't believe that you gave me five voices. I mean, when I first read it, I thought, I can't do this. I mean, I can't. And do, you used a tip from John Pertry. John, by, by altering the, the, my jaw, like if you yeah. push your bottom out there, or if you put your top lip. Yeah. And, and I mean, he obviously was a total pro. But there were a couple of voices on there, like the judge and a couple more. I was so thrilled. And, but it was the sound effects. Yeah. The timing of the sound effects were just brilliant. And of course, I had my little, uh, my gun, my um, the James Bond gun, yeah, yeah. Uh, of which name I've forgotten it now. What, the Walter PPK. Uh, the Walter PPK. Wolf, 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 wolf. Wolf. But no, I was so thoroughly thrilled. And the people that phoned me up 
um, saying, you must have done hundreds of these to get that good. And I thought, wow. So yes, I was extraordinarily pleased. And I am sad that I was away doing another job and couldn't come and work with you for a while. Yeah, but, but now that I'm nice. back in England, yeah. um, if anything else comes, and I obviously would be very happy to be involved. Absolutely. There's a very nice atmosphere in here today, Nick, and I felt it. Look, I don't mind people knowing this. When you lose the woman you love, and then my mum dying last year, nearly losing the house, having no money because it was stolen. When you get to your mid-70s, it just suddenly seemed as though the whole, the whole world had collapsed around me. Yeah. And I broke, I broke. I've got a butterfly soul, Nick. Roger Delgado and John Perch, we both noticed, and Roger had the same. We have butterfly souls. I help homeless people. I try and give a bit of money. There's a couple of people in Salisbury, and I was giving him 20 pounds a week just because the man was so hungry and his dog was dying. for the. And all I know is that a little bit of kindness here and there and now I feel all that kindness coming back. And of course, working back with you again, oh, it's like old times, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Nothing seems to, to have changed. you here. And it's been, I was just saying to you before I pressed record how brilliant it sounded. <laughs> Not that we, can, oh. we can't tell anyone what it is because it's top secret. No, I know. But it's brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, there's certainly a nice atmosphere <laughs> it about is, it. Yeah. I love the scenes where we're uh, like close to the mic. Yeah, I heard I, you saying the that. <gasps> they're great, the ones yeah. I love it the most. Great, and yeah. the talking to myself, I've rather mastered quite well. Let's see, we turn that around. I better not yeah. blow this. Oh, I, 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 Nick, I've thoroughly loved it. Um, now, the last question is, because it's only a few questions, and, and then you can get your train. <laughs> uh, uh, what's tingling your mono molecules in entertainment generally? Anything you like, TV, film, books, I don't know, anything... What 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 kind of what turns me on? What yeah, makes me want to watch? Anything you've seen recently? Well, or uh, that you really love? Oh gosh! Well, I, I thought the night uh, the night um, night manager uh, that oh, Tom yeah. Hiddleston thing was sensationally good, and of course he's killed his James Bond uh, prospects by going out with that lovely lady, uh, the singer, which is now all over. They called it a, a showmance, not a romance. It was just they thought that him going out with with Taylor Swift would make him look more like a Bond with plenty of young women. And that's messed and it up the, for him. Totally, I, I've heard on the un, on the underground, so to speak, that it's totally messed him up. And Idris Elba, of course, is going to turn it down. What a great uh, Bond Idris Elba would make yeah. a black Bond and also a great actor. What has turned me on lately is, is um, funny enough, I've never been a George Clooney fan, uh, but I watched a he movie. He speaks very highly of you. Yeah, well, I know, and I felt bad not watching his films, Nick. But he's made a movie which is out the other night called The American. It's oh, about yes, a retired, yeah. just one of those films that really hit, hit me. It's great. I do it? love the news, by the way, and I do love what's going on in America because I believe a country gets the president they deserve. And guess what? America deserves one of those two. <laughs> You've gone right for the controversy. Right for the throat, Nick. Right for the throat. <laughs> okay, well, John. What a fact, but I'll see you in a few days. Well, Nick, yes, you hear. We mustn't make it sound as though this is the last time. And I am touching Nick's knee again. Yeah, he's not touching. I'm, he's I'm, I'm actually, yes, I'm, I know. It, I'm actually squeezing ah! it. But uh, our case I'm comes up on security. Thursday. But in the meantime, we'll be doing more recording at Big Finish. And as I said before, it's lovely to be back home. And thank you for welcoming me back so nicely. That was a big kiss. <laughs> and naturally, we thoroughly recommend that you type Sophie Aldred and John Levine into the search engine at bigfinish.com, but not at the same time. No, because have you seen The Fly? Oh, yes, God, blimey. Yeah, that would be uh, quite an interesting <laughs> combination, wouldn't it? <laughs> Should we give it a go? Should we write, yeah. Should we write them both in? Yeah, Ch do Type it. them both in. Okay. What happens? I'm going to do it as well. World explodes. <laughs> Sophie or nothing, nothing, nothing. Chalala. It says you search for Sophie Aldred John Levine. There were no results. 
No sad, complications. Sad days, sad days. John Levine. I'm going to put John Levine in. There we are. Doctor Who, the Companion Chronicles, Council of War. And indeed, the uh, 12th of May podcast in which the... Uh, oh, I don't know. He didn't appear in that, did he? What's that about? Well, anyway, Doctor Who, the third Doctor Adventures, Volume 5, in which he returned as uh, Benton. Also in Unit Assembled. There we are. I'm not going to type Sophie Alder's name in there because it will produce... Uh, approximately three billion credits. <laughs> That's just approximately, you understand. I just typed him into Google, though, and now I've got lots of pictures of him looking at me. <laughs> like wow, a, a pantheon, that lovely. A, a pantheon of John Levine. Anyway, time now for our final visit for now to the world of actor Lisa Greenwood. She joined Big Finish in 2011 as sixth Doctor companion Flip Philippa Jackson. She's amazing. We love her. And this is what she's been up to recently. It's Lisa Greenwood. Hi, guys. How are you today? I hope you're doing well. Do you like my Mar- Mariah Carey impression? Is that Mariah Carey? Yes! Wow. <laughs> It was like she was in the room. I know. Uh, some people say that I'm better than Mariah Carey. Do they? Yeah, but I don't like to get a big head, you know. No, no. Those people, are they big fibbers? Uh, no. <laughs> They're upstanding members of society, actually. Have you thought of going on, you know, X Factor? Well, that? the thing is, because I'm that good, I wouldn't want to make it unfair for the other competitors. That's fair. You're very considerate. I am. I, I like to be like that. Consideration is what I do. Do you uh, ever do singing professionally? Oh my god! Well, I had an audition where, I, basically, I always get seen to play Barbara Windsor quite a lot. Right. Yeah, quite a lot. I've been in to play her like three times, um, and this one time they asked me to sing, but it was so cringe. It was so cringe. I forgot the song halfway through, so I just started singing. My BS because I'm a Londoner. I didn't get the job. <laughs> it was so cringe. I'm going red thinking about it. It was so awful. And I did something so ridiculous, right? Because obviously Barbara Windsor is famous for some certain assets. And I was like, I'm going to get a massive um, padded bra. And I'd seen this um, casting director before, but obviously she knows that that's not what I look like. And I walked in with this massive padded bra. I couldn't even see my feet. It was that big. And she looked at she looked at the padded bra. She looked at me, and it was just this moment of sad, like not sad, this moment of silence. And then I busted out. Maybe it's because of my London arm. And yeah, it was just the worst experience of my life. It was so cringe. I won't do that again. <laughs> uh, but you know, it could have paid off, couldn't it? I don't know. I didn't get a call back, so nothing I don't think it paid. There you go. I'm in like a moment of madness. I thought I know what will work. A padded bra and singing a song they've not asked me to sing. That's going to work fine. What had they asked you to sing? It was a song that she. It was. It was a, her life story. I think Jamie Winston ended up playing it. But there was this particular song, and I just couldn't get it in my head. And you know what I'm like when I don't get something. I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I didn't get it. And I thought, I'm going to sing something else. <laughs> and I went for it. 
but presumably they keep coming to you because they think, well, she's a genuine Cockney. Yeah, I mean, they say a genuine Cockney is born under the bow bells. Within the sound of the bow bells, yeah. I think it is, so and that you I can was. hear them chiming. What are the bow bells? It's I have particular... no idea. <laughs> I love Maybe I these. should know, but I've got no idea. I think I know, but I'm, I'm going to do the internet thing. To double to, check. To double check. Hold on, I'm going to put the recorder there. There. It's right under my face, guys. <laughs> Bow bells. Bow bells. Oh my god, can you put that into Google? What if something else comes up? Bow no, bells. The term cockney has had several distinct geographical, social, and linguistic associations. Originally a pejorative term applied to all city dwellers, it was gradually restricted to Londoners and particularly to Bow Bell cockneys, those born within earshot of Bow Bells, the bells of St. Mary Le Beau in the Cheapside district. Of City, City of, of London. London. And that's St Mary. That's in there. Well, you learn something new every day. Didn't know that. English is the accent or dialect of English traditionally spoken by working class London. What are you trying to say? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Am that. Am I not upper class? Yeah. No. <laughs> in the 1980s, some features of Cockney mm. became more frequent in broadcasting and the media began to speak of a new standard called estuary, estuary English. English. Yeah. But I don't even think I'm that strong of a Cockney. When I'm doing flip, I do take it a bit like this. But I think my accent has completely worn off, and I don't know why. It's definitely softened up. It has softened. I don't think it's completely worn off. I know Steve, our head of marketing, when he heard you, because that panel we did at the Capitol Convention, I put that in the podcast. And he said, oh, no, she didn't sound like a Cockney to me. So it's interesting. I do um, bust it out for auditions. And when I'm around my friends from home, it tends to come back quite strong. Um, but yeah, I suppose you kind of grow up and you've got different friends and you hang about with super posh people like Nick. And then it kind of just like softens your accent up. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not that posh. I would say my, that you My were... accent is a product of drama school. Is it? Yes, yeah. I didn't even know you went to drama school. Of course I did, I'm an actor. Where did you go? Rose Bruford. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So did you have to do all that stuff where you pretend to be a tree and stuff? Yeah, yeah. What did you pretend to be? Um, I can't remember. I had to pretend to be a bell, funnily enough. No, you didn't. Yes, yes. How would you pretend to be a bell? Well, you know, you had to imagine all the metal and everything. And, yeah. a, and, a, and the trouble is, and they, the trouble is it worked for me. I could actually imagine it. And then they said, and when you're ready, and we're all sitting there on the floor <laughs> with our eyes closed, when you're ready... Make the noise of your bell. Oh my god! And so there was this interminable wait where everyone was thinking, "I'm not going to do it," but I thought I can hear the noise, and so I just went. <laughs> <laughs> but the moment I did it, everyone in the room, oh everyone, everyone did it to get it over with. You know. That sounds yeah. like one flew over the cookies nest. That sounds absolutely <laughs> mental. Were you sure you was not in an institution of some sort? Well, being at drama school does feel it's like kind that. kind of like that, yeah, right. Yeah. I also pretended I had to be a polar bear for, okay. for a few weeks. Yeah. Exciting. I didn't go drama school. No. I kind of wish that I had that experience, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't as well. Um, I think sometimes, I don't know, I, I've not been, but I know that there's people that do go drama school tend to all come out the same-ish. Mm-hmm. But then you've got some great actors that have gone to drama school, Ben Wishaw. Exactly. Yeah. So it does give you, you a set of skills. I mean, oh, as I've said to you about you, you know, you can do some incredible things that I could just never get another actor yeah. to do. But then 
if there's something you don't understand there's no it's power happening. on earth that, yeah you know. it's not happening i think with me i've definitely learned on the job you know i've got the first day that i ever filmed i had no idea what was going on i didn't know my camera angles you know lighting but it's just something you pick up from being on a job um so yeah i learned as i went hmm well you're very quick-witted do you think i do thanks and amusing do you think Which just is, to look at or personality? You think I'm funny, right? You think I'm funny like a clown? <laughs> you think uh, I look like a clown? Is that what you're saying? So what are we talking about okay. this week? Yes. So this, out of the three that I listened to, was probably my favourite. Mm. And it was called, are you ready? Should we have a drum roll? Yes. Should we put one in? That's my drum roll. That's why I don't work in sound effects. <laughs> um, it was called A Spoonful of Mayhem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know it? Yes. Have you listened it, to it? Yes, 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 yeah. Very good. Missy. We're getting it up. Yeah, Missy. When did this one come out? Oh, quite recently. Oh, so it's a recent one. Yeah. So that's uh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So Missy was written by... We don't know. Let's have a look. Spoonful of Mayhem. Roy Gill. Yeah. Lovely. And I love this one because it had so many fun references to Mary Poppins. Like a spoonful of sugar, but it's a spoonful of mayhem. And I think that just sums up her character perfectly. She's kind of like the rock and roll version of Mary Poppins. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's really fun to listen to. And I thought it was like such a clever idea to have the characters talk to us, the audience. Like, I've not heard that in an audio before, but there are times when Missy or the younger children, I, I've forgotten their character names, but they switch off and they actually talk to us about what's going on. And I just thought that was great. It really made me want to listen to it more. Mm, yeah, it was really it? fantastic. Roy Gill, yeah, good writer. I don't know yeah. if that's something that happens throughout the series or if that's just for Roy's, A Spoonful of Mayhem. I can't remember. If it wasn't, it was great. I do feel like... What about these titles? Divorced, Beheaded, Regenerated. <laughs> Amazing. John Dorney. Yeah, you've got some good writers there. Oh, Johnny Morris, The yeah. Belly and the Beast. He was the person that kind of created Flip. He was, wasn't he? He did he the was, first script. Yeah. Um, but out of everything that I listened to, this is the thing that I could actually see going to a TV show. It was great. I could see it for like a children's show, even an, an adult show. And I feel like it... It fits for everyone's age, this one. It's not just for young kids. It's not just for old, <laughs> older people. Um, it works for everyone. Have you... Yeah. I mean, you saw Michelle Gomez on television. In I did. I've met her. I've met her a few times in America, I think. A few different conventions. And I love her. She's really... She's Glaswegian. She has also got that tough, cookie vibe about her. And I've always mm. kind of got on well with strong women. My mum has got that tough cookie vibe so yeah she was great and she's got a cracking sense of humor and a good dress sense yeah she's a really fun person is this the character you thought people thought you were cosplaying yeah (laughs) yeah so i had my hair tied up quite messy and i had like a leather jacket on and some american guy very sweet was like oh my god that's a great messy costume and i was like what (laughs) i was like no but i'll take it I, i wasn't offended i quite i quite like that i dressed up and i didn't even mean to I, my, uh, one of my favourite things about her is on set on Doctor Who because I was doing Dalek voices yeah. in a story she was in as well and um, she and she's so skinny isn't she oh I don't know I don't know if I've 
I, I've, I've never really had the thought that of her weight. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. a very skinny person, oh, very okay. healthy anyway, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, she's certainly not overweight. Mm. And, um, but she was eating all the time. Lucky her. Yeah, she was having food delivered to her. But, and, she, and you'd hear this sort of knife and fork sound from behind the set. And yeah. I'd go around, she'd have a special little area, and she'd be sitting at a desk. Yeah. And, she, and she'd make jokes. She'd say, I'm so... I won't use all the words. I'm so I'm just hungry all the time. I'm just hungry. <laughs> I love that. I love a woman that can eat. Yeah. Um, but what I thought really funny about her is when I was in America, she had she had some people bring her iron brew, and that's not a typically American drink. So I don't know where this iron brew was smuggled from, but it got into the building. <laughs> I love iron brew. I was brought up on it. It's so sugary. I heard there was riots in Scotland because they took the sugar down. Did wow. you hear about this? No, no. Yeah, and like it went up on eBay for loads more money, like the original Iron Brew. The Scots were not pleased. And to be fair, I'm on their side. Why change something that completely works? But God knows how much sugar's in that. I reckon it's it, just a can of sugar. Yeah, well, all these fizzy drinks are. They say it's a good hangover cure. Oh, really? Yeah. Just what, bathing in Iron Brew? <laughs> well, I just think a you... bath of it. <laughs> That's what I'd need. A bath of iron brew with a straw. Oh my god, that would be so much fun. Get a bath of iron brew and take a straw in there. That's what, my dream. What a brilliant image to end on. <laughs> no, I want to tell you my favourite line. Oh, well, don't do. Yeah, on, there was a line that she said, and I loved it. And there was this character, I don't know if I can tell you too much about it, but it's a sphinx, and I love cats. So I was instantly drawn in. And the, this giant sphinx says, The magic is all gone in the world, but there is a flicker. Oh, no, I've said it wrong. It says, the magic is all gone in the world. There is but a flicker. And then Missy said something like, a flicker is all I need. And I love that. I love that line. We can we can end it on that one if you like. Yeah. Okay. Are there any other points you wanted to make, Lassana? Um. No, I just loved it. It was my favourite one. Um. I'm definitely going to continue to listen to the rest yeah. of them, and it's fantastic. I loved that. Everything about it was perfect. It's a really good audio book. Um. Maybe you can come back and speak to us some more someday. Oh, that'd be nice. Okay. What could we talk about? Well, we'll. Velvet we'll... jackets, <laughs> baths of iron brew. <laughs> so much to talk These are about. some of the headline topics <laughs> we'll be re-examining. In the meantime, here's a clip from Missy. I must confess, you're not entirely what the agency led me to expect. And that's what you want, is it? To nourish your children's precious, susceptible minds with predictability? Fond of children, are you? Loathe them. I say. Which is, of course, a, a good thing. I hardly see how it can be. You wouldn't want them spoiled. Mr. Davis, I can promise you I shall never indulge them. Oliver was expelled from his last school. He needs a firm hand, I believe, to set him back on the straight and narrow. I have strong views on ethics. And as for Lucy, my daughter, a feminine presence could be beneficial. Since her mother passed away, that noble influence has been sadly lacking. I always lead by example. Oh, capital. Capital. What would you say your best qualities are, Miss... Uh... Missy, I'm fabulous at strategy, mathematics, creative role-play. I have the patience of a crocodile. In fact, you could say I'm mostly marvellous in every manner. And don't forget to type flip or indeed Lisa Greenwood into the Big Finish search engine for some delightful results at bigfinish.com. Right then, fancy a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish production? Ooh, well, cue the randomoid selector, Tron. 
Bada bim, bada boom. It's Doctor Who The Condemned. The Condemned. Now, it's interesting that a few podcasts back, I was talking about Eddie Robson. Yes, and he's the one who wrote this, isn't he? Yeah, certainly did, and, yeah. And this is the kind of uh, ultra sort of realistic modern day setting thing that he does so well. It's set in 2008. And it was indeed released in February 2008. And it features Colin Baker and India Fisher as the Doctor and Charlie. It was part of that whole thing where Charlie uh, somehow managed to get hooked up with the Sixth Doctor, but had to not reveal who she was so that it wouldn't mess up the timeline for the Eighth Doctor. Mm -hmm. Let's have the listen to the trailer. And there's still no official news as to the exact nature of the police operation yesterday at Ackley House. Hello? Oh, ah, uh, hello. I, I was wondering if that you'd mind... That fell on Um... Is he dead? Ah, uh, yes. I'm Charlie. What are you shouting for? Well, I appear to be handcuffed to this bed. Oh, yeah. He was strangled, and now he's dead. All very straightforward. Oh, let's see what we can do about that. No, she's still out of it. What if she doesn't come round? Mr. Slater. You see, I've been very worried about something. I've been worried about you talking. D.I. Menzies, isn't your solicitor here yet? No, I don't need one. Yeah, the money's plenty. I just don't want to hear too long, that's all. There are two ways you can react to this. You can lock me away and pretend it's all nonsense and go back to your life. Or you can let me help you solve it. My name's Charlie. My name's Sam. Please don't hang up. I've just been calling all over the building. People keep hanging up on me. They think I'm messing about. Help me. What is it? What's wrong? The local residents' association is reporting an abnormally high incidence of electrical and telephone line faults. I was expecting someone else. Someone else? The cover artwork for this one is um, somebody I've not heard of before. Barry Piggott. Oh, yeah, Barry Piggott did quite a few things for us. Did mm. some excellent artwork. Yeah, We should have mentioned him when we were talking about cover art as well. Yeah. You know, like when we were talking about writers, it's impossible to mention everyone because so we're blessed so many with people. so many brilliant people working for Big Finish. So there you go. Um, yeah. And to get that all-important 25% discount off The Condemned, starring uh, Colin Baker as the Sixth Doctor, just go to bigfinish.com and find the little news story that goes with this podcast. And there, lovely listeners, you will find a little link to click. And when you click it, all that you have to do is enter the top-secret code word, buck up. Uh, all capitals, no spaces, no nothing, just letters, and that's it. And why, oh why, in case anybody doesn't know, is the code word buck up, Nick. Why is it that? But I refuse to tell you. No, we used to say buck up a lot in the podcast, and now we only say it when we're explaining buck up. It was just a jokey thing. And so I think it was when Sue Cowley invented the code word for this, because she deals with, you know, all our internal website stuff. You know, that's internal within Big Finish. Um not internal within my major intestine uh yeah she said let's do buck up and i who was i to argue i mean what who kind of I? fool am i well in that case now that that's all been sorted out and dusted off and aired out in the open i suppose it is time for us to catch the bus back to reality goodbye yeah see you later goodbye ding ding But while we're away, why not thrill yourselves with a totally free first 15-minute drama tease of the latest release from Torchwood, Serenity. Serenity Plaza is the most exclusive gated community in South Wales. You'd k-
kill to live there. Ugh. Torchwood contains adult and disturbing material, which we strongly advise is not suitable for younger listeners. Serenity Plaza, gated community, outside the ring road, beyond the traffic lights, and then second left after the 24-hour garage, you can't miss it. Fighting the weeds in our gardens on behalf of the Best Front Lawn of the Month Award. The 21st century is when everything, hopefully, stays exactly the same. And that's just the way we like it. Anybody want a blueberry muffin? good to be home. Evening, Bob. Evening, Ken. Evening, Mary. Evening, Ken. Beautiful day, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is, but not half as beautiful as your hair today. Oh, how do you do it? Oh, you charmer. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Front lawn's looking good. Well, not as good as yours, but may the best man win. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Evening, Ken. Evening, Vanessa. What's that lovely Ivan cooking up for you tonight? Oh, I have no idea. He likes to surprise me. Oh, I bet he does. Okay, then. <laughs> See you around, guys. Catch you later. Don't be a stranger. Woo. Honey. I'm home! You're a sight for sore eyes. Oh, <laughs> You're not so bad yourself. Hey, what's for dinner? day in suburbia, just like all the others. <laughs> Morning, Bob. Morning, Ken. Got a bit of mud on the old car door there. Oopsie. Bit of soap and water will get that right off. Good thinking. Morning, Mary. Morning, Ken. Oh, sweetie, don't forget your lunch. Thank you, beautiful. Are the crusts... Crusts cut off just the way you like them. Freshly squeezed orange juice and a banana and poppy seed muffin. Oh, it's not the only tasty muffin. Oh, you. <laughs> Well, gotta rejoin the rat race. See what my co-workers have been up to. I'll hold down the fort, yeah. Watch some murder she wrote. Magic up a delicious yet nutritious meal. How lucky am I? The luckiest. Now, go bring home the bacon. Love you! 
Love you more. What a great place we live in. Such a great place. See you tonight, honey. Not if I see you first. Sweet home again. Evening, Bob. Evening, Ken. Evening, Mary. Evening, Ken. Didn't manage to get that mud off the car, eh? Oh, oh, no, not yet. It's top of my list, though. I'm just looking out for you. The residents all vote for the Best Lawn of the Month award this week. It all counts. Wouldn't want you to lose your chance. We certainly wouldn't want that. After all, I want to beat you fair and square. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob, you are a card. Such a massive card. I try my best. Catch you later. Don't, Don't be a stranger. Woo. Honey, I'm home. You're a sight for sore eyes. Oh, <laughs> You're not so bad yourself. Hey, what's for dinner? This evening, we shall be enjoying ravioli made from homemade pasta, mm. ricotta, and spinach from the garden. Partnered with a chicky pinot grigio. Homemade pasta? Thought I'd give my new pasta roller a try. It's adjustable, 15 different settings. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, you're right. That is very cheeky, almost as cheeky as you. Never. How is work? Well, another perfectly ordinary, perfectly fine day in the department store. Honey, how was your day? The usual. A little bit boring. Hmm? But boring is good. Boring is safe. And then you come home and everything is... Boring? Everything I ever wanted. Oh. Honey, I think you're boiling over. You're not wrong. No, <laughs> no uh, I mean your ravioli. Oh, I'll turn it down. <laughs> so, tell me about the rest of your day. Ah, look at that view. Hmm. Okay, they've all gone indoors. Oh, thank God for that. Whew. I can only talk like a Stepford boy for so long. What have you found out? Nothing. I still have no idea which one of them is the sleeper. There has to be something. What do you want me to do? Go around to everyone and say, hey, how's it going? Love your house. Nice weather we're having. Oh, and by the way, are you an alien sleeper from cell 114, planning on taking over the Earth? Sorry to be a pain, it's just we're not really Ken and Effin from Report. We're actually Jack and Yanto from Torchwood, undercover wearing perception filters. We tracked a signal to the estate satellite-ish and we're trying to figure out which one of you is the sleeper. But it's taking a while and my boyfriend is getting bored. So if the sleeper could just raise their hands so we can get this over with, that would be absolutely peachy. Boyfriend? Oh, shut up. The sleeper isn't going to give themselves away by accident, are they? They won't know they're an alien. They'll have a whole life of fake human memories. If it's Bob, even Mary won't know. No, no, I don't think it's Bob. Well, no, of course not. It's obviously Vanessa from number 12. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Why? Because she's weird. She's worse than you. Every single word is a double, triple, or quadruple entendre. It's like living in a carry-on film. I had no idea the middle classes were so filthy. Oh, they're always the weirdest ones. Trust me. Anyway, it can't be her. She's got to be 70 years old. Exactly. It's always the ones you least suspect. <laughs> 
Have you been binge watching Murder She Wrote again? Of course. Nothing else on during the day. Come on, admit it. It's kind of fun being someone else. I mean, having a normal life. <laughs> White picket fences, you know, the whole thing. It's not real. None of it's real. What about your name? If none of it's real, why did you choose the name Ifan? It's a variant of Yamto. Yeah, so why not pick something different? If it's so different to the real you. I was in a hurry. You can talk. Ken. Hey, what's wrong with Ken? It means handsome. You actually searched for a name that meant good-looking, didn't you? Maybe. You should have chosen Geraint. Good name. What does it mean? Old. Watch it. Ooh, the pastor's ready. Ooh, boyfriend. think this alarm clock was a good idea. I think it's great. Also, because all the other neighbors have them. Don't want to stick out, do we? Have to keep up with the Joneses, Mr. Jones. Of course we do. Mm. You know, it wouldn't kill you to do the washing up once in a while. I did it yesterday. No, that was me. Same as every day since we've been here. You rinsing out one coffee mug doesn't count. And you left the toilet seat up again. Why do you care about the toilet seat? We're both men. It just looks better. Well, it does. Look, I had no idea you were so house proud. I am not. Could you be a bit tidier? That's all. Duly noted. Listen, I'm going to head to shower. Oh, don't use the blue towels. They're just for pretty. Hi, Bob. Hi, Mary. Hello, you. Sorry to pop over unannounced. We made some cupcakes last night and did too many. Thought you and Ken might like some. That's lovely. Thank you. Probably not up to your standard. Sorry I didn't use your cakes at the barbecue last week. Terry's got that nut allergy and we couldn't risk leaving them out. No, that's totally fine. My fault, thoughtless. They looked great, though. That's a real skill you can pass on in the future. In future? Kids. Uh, sorry, that's a bit presumptuous. Are you both thinking of having kids one day? Oh, well, it hasn't really come up yet. Still plenty of time. But yeah, probably. Kids are brilliant. Mad, but brilliant. What about you two? I suppose you're going to have the perfect 2.4 children? Probably checking all the school league tables already. We'd love to. But we can't. Had all the tests. Just unlucky. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's nobody's fault. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. For no reason. We're very lucky in lots of other ways. Can't complain. We can always adopt at some point. Give someone a home who hasn't got one. We've already got the nursery. Built it all back when we thought we could. Well, you know. One day. It's fine. We're fine. But hey, maybe we'll all adopt at the same time. We can set up a play date. That sounds great. I mean, you'll probably get first dibs on adoption. They do like to be modern, don't they? I suppose they do. Anyway, enjoy the cakes. Oh, keep an eye on your daffodils. Got some droopy ones. 
Although I shouldn't be telling you that. You might win Best Lawn. Yeah, well, we all know who wins every month, don't we? <laughs> you never know. See you around. Who was that? Bob and Mary. Brought us cakes. Oh, yeah? What did they really want? Nothing. Leaving aside all the petty competing over lawns and stuff, I think they're just nice people. <laughs> Forgotten they still exist. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, better get the car cleaned, or we'll never hear the end of it. Are you ready to soap up? When am I not? <laughs> hey, Joe. Hey, Diane. Hey, Ted. Hey, hey Beautiful day. It is. It's definitely not Bob or Mary. I'm starting to wonder if there's actually a sleeper here at all. We've been doing this ages now with nothing. Coffee mornings, bake sales, jumble sales is endless. Not to mention the bloody best front lawn of the month award, which seems to be the Bob and Mary win bloody everything award. Hey, there has to be something here. This is where the signals are being sent. Every signal is focused on this estate. But there's no trace of cell 114 technology anywhere. <sighs> Maybe we're just wrong this time. We're not. One of these people is an alien. We're gonna figure out who it is and hit them with the sub-etheric resonator. Do we really have to use that? Melting someone's bones while they're still alive? It's a bit inhumane. So is the genocide of the human race. Besides, it's the only way to get past their force field. What makes you think it's not Bob or Mary? Too much backstory. Why make their human personas want kids if they can't have them? Or maybe the cover identity is not functioning. Why are you so desperate to believe that someone here is an alien? Why are you so desperate to believe they're not? Because I'm sick of this place! Whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought you liked it here! Where did that come from? Oh, the relentless mind-numbing repetition of every single day here? Would you get to skip from dawn till dusk because, hey, somebody has to check in with the team! Hey, hey, keep your voice down. I'll do what I like. You're not the boss of me. Well, I kinda am. You know what I mean. Vanessa, hi! I hope I didn't see you arguing. Trouble in paradise? No, it's fine. Apparently I'm just wrong about everything. Oh, that's not what I was saying. I think it's perfectly clear what you were saying. Now stop that. The pair of you. Right now. Look at you two. So beautiful. So happy together. And you never know how long it will last. <laughs> Do you know I was married before? Hmm? No, because you never asked. My lovely Toby dropped down dead two weeks after he retired. I'd give anything to have him back, have that time again. Life is so horribly short. So don't you two bloody dare waste any time arguing over nothing. Do you hear me? Yes, Vanessa. Good. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Why not rate, review, and maybe subscribe? Yeah.